This morning, I want to, first of all, thank you for the invitation to come and join with you in your chapel services. It's always a real thrill in my life to be a part of the Master's College. And now, as God has allowed me to be a part of the Master's Seminary, I count it a real privilege to be to be co-workers with the staff of this school and to know that they are doing a fine job of ministering the Word of God. I'm also impressed with the caliber of of young people that are coming out of this college. And, and for me to come this morning to share with you is a privilege and also, a, from my own personal heart, a challenge. Because the message I have for you is a message that I, I have for myself as well. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 12. John's Gospel, the 12th chapter. Our text this morning is taken from chapter 12 of John, verses 20 and following. Now the scripture says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These, these therefore came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip came and they told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the, into the earth and dies, remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. A number of weeks ago, about 40 or 50 college young people came to our church. They were part of, a, of an inner city ministry. And they came to make an impact in our church. I had a chance to meet with them one of the sessions of Saturday morning. And before I, I, I spent about an hour answering questions, before I was dismissed, the director said to me, he said, Alex, could you, uh, do you have one word to say to these college people? Do you have one word you want to leave with them? And the word that I left with them is a word I want to leave with you this morning. And that is to make your life count. To make your life count. You only get one life. And make it count. And my thoughts came to this text, verse 24, where Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, remains by itself alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I think I'm speaking for myself and speaking for all of us this morning that our ambition in life is to make our life count. Deep down inside, we have a, a yearning desire, we have an ambition, a personal ambition, to make our life count. You want to live a purposeful life. You want to live a worthwhile life. You want your sojourn, sojourn on this planet to really make an impact. People that sang up here the eternity. I'm sure as they minister, they, they don't do it just for the pleasure. They don't do it just for the what comes for the lights and all that. Deep down inside, individually and as a group, they want to make an impact on this world. As it goes for them, it goes for me and it goes for you as well. 
that deep down inside, we want to make our life count. And I'm here this morning for you and I to focus on this text and see what does it take. What does it take for you? What does it take for me, for anybody to make our life count? Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, put it to us in one one simple text, verse 24. He wrapped it up in one thought. He says, unless a grain of seed, a grain of wheat, falls into the ground and dies, it abides by itself alone. But if that seed dies, if that seed dies, it bears much fruit. And you and I, friends, as we take this text, and if you can personalize that text, and let it grip you and let it get a hold of you and take your soul and begin to mold your soul, I submit to you that you can go through life and you can make your life count. What does it take for us to make our life count? Well, first of all, I think we need to understand and see the power in one life. The power in one life. You know that you can make a difference. You travel up and down these freeways. Hundreds of thousands of cars and millions of people. And you say to yourself, man, I'm just a, I'm just a little nothing in the sea of people. What do I matter? What can I do? With that kind of thought, you want to just stop the world and get off. That kind of thinking, you say, well, why should I go to school? And why should I study? Why should I burn the midnight oil? My life is nothing. I don't count. And that kind of thinking, your life won't count. But if you come down to believe that your life makes a difference, that your life can count, and so Jesus Christ isolated one little seed, one grain of seed, and he says this grain of seed, this grain of wheat counts. It matters. There is power in one grain of seed. You realize, people, that you can take one grain of seed that by itself is just one grain of seed. But with that grain of seed and doing the proper thing with it, you can feed the entire world. I can take one grain of seed. And if I take that seed and I I do with it what I intend to do with it, I can take that seed. And with that one seed, I can feed the entire world for ages and ages to come. In the power of one seed. And God is saying to us today, there is power in your life. You do matter. You can make a difference. One individual, one man, one woman can make a difference. The Bible's full of illustrations. We have a Noah. One man made a difference. We have a Moses. One man made a difference. We have a Joshua and a David and a Paul. We have in history, we have a a Luther and a Calvin and we we have so many things. We have a John MacArthur who because of one life, you and I are here today and you are being impacted because of one man's life. It was my joy, my my privilege to be to be with John when he was just out of seminary. When he wasn't a pastor, and he wasn't a president, he wasn't a radio preacher, and he wasn't an author. Not that he wasn't a nothing, but he was there as a grain of seed. And what he has done, 
What he has done has impacted the lives of people, has touched my life and is touching your life, even this very room in this very minute. You see, one life can make a difference. And you need to believe, you need to today believe that you can make a difference. Because if you don't, you're going to get off the ship at the next stop. A little grain of seed can make a difference. According to the song, you can be a grain of wheat. According to the song, you can be a grain of rice or even a bean. But you can make a difference. Let me ask you, do you believe that deep down inside? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? There's power in one life. Now, it doesn't end there because verse 24 tells us something else that I think we need to focus on this morning. That there's a principle involved. You see, for that seed to make a difference, that seed has to has to die. That's the principle. It has to die. For you and I to make an impact and make our life count, our life has to count. It says that that grain of wheat has to go into the ground and die. And if it dies, it bears much fruit. The principle is this. If for my life to count, I have to lose my life. For my life to really count in life, I have to lose my life. Now the nature of the human being is to protect our life. Our nature as a human being is to take that seed and to hide it, to save it, to lock that seed and to keep it and preserve it and not to risk it. But Jesus says if that seed abides by itself alone, if you leave it there and protect it and hide it, it abides by itself alone. It doesn't do anything. But if that seed goes into the ground and dies and ceases to exist, and that seed bears much fruit, and that principle for you and for me is this, is that for our life to count, we have to die. That for our life to count, we have to die. You know, there is in nature many illustrations. I can think of at least two that come to my mind. One of them is spiders. You ever seen spiders? Arachnophobia? I hate spiders. I hate spiders. And, and spiders reproduce. And here's how one particular spider reproduces. It's the mother spider. We're going to call her the mother spider. For the sake of being simple. Laser aids in her abdomen. And so she conceives in her abdomen. And this mother carries the spiders in her abdomen. And when she's about to reproduce herself, she dies. Because the spiders, the little baby spiders crawl out and devour her. They eat her up. She's their first meal. Now ladies, aren't you glad you're not a spider here this morning? But she knows that. But for her, to, for her to reproduce herself, she has to die. Life for that spider is death. You've heard of the salmon the same way. A salmon is born up in the mountains and makes its way down to the ocean, travels out 7,000 miles into the ocean. On a given time in the stage of that, of that salmon's life, a little clock goes on and that salmon makes its way back all the way up to the place where it was born. And it returns for one simple reason. It comes back to die. 
That's why it comes back. It swims and swims and swims to the very place where it was born and there after it spawns, it dies. And that's the principle of nature. To reproduce yourself, to keep your species alive, you have to die. God is saying to us the same thing spiritually. For us to keep our spiritual heritage alive, for you and I to make an impact in the Christian world, in the world for God, we must accept for ourselves the principle of death, of dying. And that means, my dear friends, it means a couple of things. It means that we cease to exist. We cease to exist. We stop. We stop. We cease to exist. That's important. Because we, we like to preserve our own self-entity. Alex Montoya, what he is. What I've made myself all these years. And I don't want to lose that. Perhaps my security, perhaps all that I've, I've gained for myself, I don't want to lose that. And yet Jesus says, for your life to count, you have to cease to exist. I, I was counseling a couple once, and they, they couldn't have children. And they came for prayer, so I prayed for them, because they, they couldn't have children, the husband and wife team. And so I, we prayed, and after much prayer, they still couldn't have children. I said, well, if you really want some kids, go out and find you one. They're all over the place. Go adopt one. So they went through the motions of adopting. Finally, somebody called me and said, said, Pastor, do you have some young couple that would like to have a child? We have one to give up. I said, I have just a couple for you. I got on the phone and I called him. I said, hey, I got this brand new kid about to be born. They need a good home. Go for it. And they said, well, you know, Pastor... I'm not sure. Well, we've been thinking about it. And, uh, well, you know, and... See, bottom line is they didn't want a kid. They didn't want, a, they, they didn't want their lives to change. They didn't want to die to the way they were living. Comfortable. Without any hassle. No dirty diapers. No crying at night. No three o'clock feedings, no hassle, no broken windows, no driving to school and back. They could see all of that coming up. No sending to master's college and funding the tuition. None of that stuff. They could see that taking place and they did not want to change. And to this day, they are childless. To this day, they are childless. Why? Because a grain of seed refused to die. You cannot have reproduction of self. You cannot clone yourself if we're not willing to do what? Die. You've got to die, people. You want to make a life count, but we're going to have to die. We'll take another form. Remember that grade school illustration? All of us did it. Your teacher said, go home and bring some beans. Remember? You bought the bean. Put it in a jar. Remember that? Put it in a jar. And then you put water in it. And it starts to, you know, and thing changes forms. Little bean turns into a little stock. Remember that? Remember that? But you notice that 
that the bean started losing its form, started changing. After a while, there was no bean left. It was just a stalk. And see, God, what happens to you, it happens to me. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, as bring your text. By the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present it to God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Be ye what? Be ye tr- changed. Be ye changed. You know, some of you are here, you came to the school, you came to the master's college, but you don't want to change. You came with worldly habits. You came with fleshly habits. You came with your own personal backgrounds. And you came to this place and God wants to do something with you, but to do something with you, He has to change you. That bean, that rice, that wheat has to change. And if it doesn't change, your life won't count. You've got to be willing to let God change. Let God change. Every now and then I get some radical Hispanics. You ever seen radical Hispanics? You know, they don't, they don't wear this kind of stuff. But of course, they don't, you know. Where'd you find this hat anyway? <laughs> Probably Alvera Street. But they'll enter the mainstream and they come in, you know, with their khakis up to here, you know, and bandanas, you know, and their mother's ben- mother's stockings on their heads, you know, and, and, and with sunglasses, you know, and they, uh, they want to they make an impact. And I say, you know, I say, you got to change. God can't use you like that. No, well, these white people and these Anglos and, you know, they, 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 they shut up, I tell them. You have to die to self. You've got to change yourself. You've got to be what God wants to make of you. Not what you think you ought to be, but what God wants to make of you. And like it goes for my paisanos in East L.A., it goes for you as well. You've got to come here and say, Lord, I'm here to die. I'm here to die. I may have been a cheerleader in high school. I may have been a football clown in high school. I may have been All-American in high school. I may have been something. But I'm here, God, and I want you to change me. I need to die. I want to make an impact with my life. And I'm willing to die. When you come to that point, then God says, that grain of seed is going to change form. And they won't recognize you. When you go home to your hometown and say, you know, hey, you're different. You're changing. Now you know something's happening. But after four years at Masters, when you go home, you say, hey, high five. How's it going, man? You haven't changed a bit. You haven't died. You haven't died. Something's got to change. Now, that's the principle. A grain of seed has to fall into the ground and die. It ceases to be. It takes another form. And then, my dear friends, as you look at verse 24, we see... We see it there. There's a price to be paid. Man, that's a price to pay. To make your life count means there's a price to pay. And I think of my Lord Jesus Christ, and I always use him as an example for my life. He's my greatest hero. Christ is my greatest hero. I want to be just like Jesus, don't you? Man, I want to be like him. When I look at his life, I see that he, uh, he, uh, I mean, he had, he, this text is his. This is his text. That's why it says in verse 23, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He says, I am the grain of wheat. If I'm here, I keep on, if I keep on living with you guys, it'll never happen. I have to die. And if I die, 
salvation will be provided for the world. But if I don't die, you'll never be saved. And the text applies to him primarily. And then becomes a springboard for us to take it and use the same principle for our own lives as well. And our Lord Jesus said, He said, The Son of Man did not come, He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His what? To give His life a ransom for many. We go through life, and I do it too, and we want to be served. We want people to minister to us. What's in it for me? That's, you know, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this thing? And that never produces greatness. That never makes your life count. That's the opposite. Jesus said, no, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And your whole attitude, my whole attitude, our whole attitude should be, not what's in it for me, but a spirit of sacrifice of willing to be spent, to be expended, to be wasted if possible. And sometimes God will do that. You're good for one shot, and that's it. God will waste you. But that's God's plan. But to be willing to be wasted for God, and to say, Lord, here I am, if I'm good for one shot, then pile me away. But I'm here, and I am willing to serve. I did not come to be served. A servant's heart. A servant's heart. May God help us to be servants most of all. Not what's in it for me, but what can I do to minister to other people? And then comes also with this price to be paid, not only a sacrifice of self, but also what I call a singleness of purpose. A singleness of purpose. There is a a text in Luke chapter 9 that I found so interesting as I was doing some many, many years ago, doing some exegesis on this text. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it says, It came about when the days were approaching for his ascension that Jesus resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. And I looked at that text and I saw the word resolutely. That Jesus resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. And I saw that as it. Jesus was not helter-skelter. Jesus had a singleness of purpose. To make your life count, my dear friends, I say to you this morning, have a purpose. Have a singleness of purpose. Aim at something. Aim at something. Don't go through life just not knowing where you're going. Aim at something. If you're in school here, go for it. Finish. Graduate. You don't have a major? Find yourself a major. Go for it. Set yourself a purpose. Set it high. I want to be a, I want to be this God. I want my, my life to count. Make them. The other day somebody, one of my students at seminary called and he said, he said, Pastor, I, he says, Professor, I, I don't think God called me to seminary. This is now five weeks, five weeks into, the, into the semester. He says, I don't think God called me to seminary. I said, why not? He says, well, I just have a hard time and I don't think God called me to serve. I said, I said wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me tell you a story. I used to run cross country for Biola University. Now, don't clap. I ran cross country, but I never, I never, I never won one, one race. Never came in first, never came in second, never came in third, never came in tenth. I don't think I even came in fifteenth. But I tell you what, I came in. But my very first race, that's a four-mile race. 
my very first race that we ran up in West Westmont, four miles of up and down hill. By the end of the second mile, I was coming in by the by the bleachers where the coaches were, and I was coming in, I was crawling in. <clears throat> and my mom was saying, What are you doing, fool? This is not for you. Are you your mind? And I was walking toward the coach. <clears throat> and I said, Coach, couldn't even talk. I quit. And coach got me by the hand. He started walking with his Alex, 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 don't quit. If you need to do anything, walk it in. But don't you quit. Walk it in. So I began to walk, and I began to walk. You know, and then as, as I began to walk, it's like my, my wind came back. And as I began to walk, I began to, began to jog a little bit. My wind came back, and then I began to run. And then I was really running. I didn't win. And, and I never did win. But it taught me a lesson is you never quit in the middle of a race. Either quit before you start or quit when you finish, but never quit in the middle of a race. Purpose. Some of you freshman year or sophomores are into now your fifth, sixth year of semester, sixth week of semester, and you're getting a call from God to go home. You're getting a call from God to transfer to a local JC. Don't you quit in the middle of a race. If you're going to change schools, change when the semester finishes. If you're going to change, change the majors, change at the end of the year. But don't change in the middle of the race. Purpose. Singleness of purpose. Finish what you start. Go get it. That's what God is saying to us here. He resolutely set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he got there because he was resolute. I like to look at your faces and I see resoluteness. I'm going to be something, Alex. I'm going to make my life count. What's your major? What's your goal in life? I'm going to be something, Alex. I'm going to make my life count. Others of you, well, I don't know. I'm here. I guess I, I'm here. I don't know what God wants for me. I'm I just cruising along. And well, you know, God knows. And, you know, it's, oh, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. I'm a Calvinist. You know, come on, Calvinist. Calvin Klein, maybe, but you're not a Calvinist. People, you need to finish what you start. God brought you to the school. You need to graduate. Set your goal. I don't know what God wants me to be. Whether it be a lawyer, a teacher, a preacher. A, I don't know what it wants me to be. I don't know what it wants me to be. Good. But finish the, get the degree. Walk the plank. Get it. And say, I finished. I'm finished now, God. What's next? And at that point, God will ship you someplace else. He'll take that grain of seed and put it someplace else and bury it and do something with it. There's a price to be paid. Making your life count isn't easy. It's a death. It's a suffering. It's having purpose. By the way, in God's program, God only uses sanctified vessels. God only uses sanctified vessels. Whenever I see a group like Eternity or other groups singing up here, I say, oh God, keep them holy and keep them pure. That's my prayer for you guys. Because so many fly by night. They come and they, they sing, you know. They sing. And they learn the ropes. 
how to impress people, but inside, full of dead man's bones and corruption, full of sin, compromise, garbage. No quiet time, no prayer, no holiness. And as they come, so they go. One day, they're gone the next. See, God does not use, God does not make that kind of life count. But you keep yourselves holy and righteous. You have your quiet time, and you pray, and you preach, and you witness for God. And God will use you for a long, 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 long time. That nice jet black hair you have will turn gray, and you'll still be used of God in the ministry. Holiness, people. Holiness. Keep yourselves holy. You know this Clarence Thomas guy? What a waste. If they find that guy guilty, what a waste. True? How many of the dream of a lifetime? Every lawyer, every justice, that's his dream. To sit on the highest court of the land. Man, what an opportunity. And to lose it. To lose it because in his youth or in his early days, he's fooling around and, and being loose and, and, and messing up with the dames. Man, what a, what a loss. And if he's guilty, he deserves to be kicked off the board and kicked out of Washington and kicked out of, out of ship and off to the moon someplace. But what a waste it is for you, my friend, out there. God wants to use you. And today, you're messing up and your life is impure. God uses a pure vessel, that little grain of wheat. A little grain of wheat. When my, uh, in our homes, we used to eat a lot of beans. Anybody like refried beans? You know, you haven't lived until you've had re, re, refried beans. <laughs> Those are the best kind. So you fry them, and then you fry them again. Then you pour a little bit of bacon fat into them. And then you fry them. Then you get some stuff they call chorizo. And you get that. And you mix it in. I mean, it is like, woo! That'll kill you. It'll kill you quick. I mean, two plates and your arteries are clogged forever. But what a way to die. I tell you, what a way to die. I tell you. Anyway, mom used to, we used to buy the, bit, the, the beans by the bag, and so she'd get them out, and she said, now clean the beans, son. So I have to clean the beans. So you go and you get the good ones, and the bad ones, the ones that are cracked, and the rocks and all that, you move them out of the way. And the good ones you use, and the good ones you eat. You know, God does the same thing with grains of wheat here. You, sir, you guys in the front, you ladies right there. If you keep yourself pure and honest before God and strive to be a, a, a man of God and a useful vessel, a clean vessel, God will use you. Your life will count. You don't need to be a whole lot of smarts, a whole lot of ability. You don't. Because what God, what God looks for is the clean wheat and the clean rice and the clean seed. The unadulterated, the unpolluted, He uses. And he takes your life, and he will make it count. He will make it count. Is it worth it, people? Yes or no? I ask you one more time. Is it worth it? Yes. I'm going to ask you one more time. Is it worth it? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Strive to be a holy seed. And say to God, God, I may not have all that it takes, but... 
One thing for sure, when you come to this seed, it is as clean and as pure as you're going to find it. Keep it pure. Keep it clean. Keep it available. But when God comes and asks for it, He will make it count for you. But let me just say one more thought and we'll close. And it's this. Don't worry about success. That's God's business. Don't look for fame. Fame is always a byproduct of death. You ever notice that they don't name buildings after guys that are alive? It's only after they're dead. You ever notice that? Don't worry about fame. Don't live to write a book. Live in such a way that people write books about you. Don't live to make an impression for the sake of publicity. Make an impression, make a splash for the sake of God. And let the world decide whether the splash is worth writing about or not. That's not our job. Our job is to make our life count for God. I want to say as a final challenge and start doing it today. Right now. Get involved someplace. Start losing yourself in somebody's life. Take that seed, let it die, forget about yourself. Like the song says, let's just forget about ourselves. Forget about ourselves. Let it die and get out making, making a great thing for God. Listen, I know we have one thing in common here this morning, all of us, myself included. As we want to make our lives count for God. I have a little little tape on my nose there. You see it there? It's, it's kind of small. But the other, the, the, this summer, I had a blemish that was bleeding. When a blemish bleeds, you know what you think about? Skin cancer. You get all these weird things about skin cancer. You're going to attack my nose, my brain, and everything else. I'm going to be gone. So one of the doctors said, Doctor, help. And so he lanced it out, took it out. So right now it's in the lab. Don't know the result of it yet, whether it's whatever it is. He says it's not nothing serious. I'm trusting it's nothing serious. But you know, stuff like that makes you think, life, God, I still want to make my lap count. Whether I have 10 days or 10 years or 30 years left, I want to make it count for God. Amen? Hey, let's you and I decide to do the same thing. We're young. We're, we're, we're full of vigor. We live in the greatest state there ever was. We live in the greatest city there ever is. This is the greatest college that ever existed. Let's make it count for God. Let's take this seed today that you have and give it to God and say, Lord, here's my seed. Plant it. Let it change forms. Let it die. As long as I can make it count for you. Can you say amen to that? That's my challenge to you and my challenge to myself today. Make it. Your life counts, because it will. It's my custom when I come to the Master's College to ask you to take these thoughts and personalize them. And this morning as we close in prayer, how many can say, you know, Alex, I have lived kind of a purposeless life. I'm not really into it. But this morning God spoke to me. And I think I've been living for myself, not living for God. And I know that I need to make my life count. And this morning I want to give God my seed, give God my life. For Him to plant this seed wherever He wants to plant it. I'm looking at my school differently, my life differently, because I want my life to count for God. I want my life to count.
And so this morning I want to give God my life to make it count. Friend, if this is your prayer, this is your desire this morning, I'd like to ask you to stand so we can pray a prayer of dedication to God. Could you stand? If God spoke to you, could you stand? If God spoke to you, could you stand? The Lord spoke to you and you said, Alex, I would like to be included in that prayer. Make my life count. Now, some of you out there are already living for God, and that's great. Others of us have, are holding back. We're holding on to self. Hey, let's, let's leave it here. Let's change it. Let's leave it here today. Would you stand if this is your desire? I'm asking you to pay a price. That's true. But let's start to pay it today. Is there someone else? Father in heaven, we thank you so much. We thank you because you, that grain of seed, the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. And he died that we might live. And we have accepted him as our personal savior. We are here this morning to say to you that we would like to die as well, that others might live. Holy Father, omniscient God. Look upon these, your children that are standing. They've been so bold to stand. They've been so sensitive to you. Consider their hearts this day. They bring to you a seed. Perhaps in the eyes of mankind, not much. But in your eyes, it is a seed that can feed the rest of the world. Lord, we bring them to you this morning. Take them, please. Guide them, sanctify them, equip them, and spend them. Spend them, Lord, where you see fit to bring honor and glory to your most holy name. We pray that you might sustain them and guide them and hedge them about and give them great endurance in the cause of Christ. May be said today that some have died this morning to leave this auditorium changed, different, living no longer for ourselves, but living for you. All the glory, all the praise, all the honor belong to you. We ask these things in Jesus' most precious name.